Blog Talk Radio. And welcome. You're listening to Community Garden Revolution. I'm Mary Huckel, the show host, and I'm so pleased to have with us again a wonderful team of people. It's um, the, one of the co-founders, Mr. Don Bennett of the Tricycle Farms there in Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas. And it is such a neat agri-economy uh, business that goes on that these people started from scratch. And we're going to find out uh, what they're doing now. We've interviewed them a while back, but they are growing. And they want to expand with your all's help. And uh, Don's going to tell us information about you know what what they're doing, how they're expanding. But first we're going to find out who Tricycle Farms is. Don, how are you today? I'm doing well, Mary. How are you? Well, doing great. Doing great. It's the, the holiday season, and there's just a lot going on. <laughs> but tell us about how you started Tricycle Farms, and let's first you know, educate people about that first. Uh, well, it was a discovery of a, a food insecurity in our area that uh, in, in Washington County, the county that uh, uh, Fayetteville is the county seat, 28,000 people are food insecure uh, as of mm-hmm. 2010 data, and that was the second highest number in uh, Arkansas, in the county in Arkansas, and, and it's the number was the number one state in the U.S. as far as food insecurity. Hmm. Now, uh, basically, when you saw that, were people just concerned and trying to you know, wrangle their hands, how we're going to make this work and happen and yada, yada? Or is it something that you said, you know, here's an opportunity to us growing food and giving people some dignity and um, uh, giving some classes as well? I mean, how is it you came around, you know, getting past that, not stigma, but kind of a, a, a idea of like how we're going to get past this but still have some dignity about it? Well, I think it's how our great-grandparents handled poverty. I mean, it wasn't that they changed poverty. It's that they knew where their food came from, and mm-hmm. they grew their own food uh, so that at least the lack of money didn't also uh, mean a lack of nutrition and a lack of food because uh, they grew it themselves. Right. So, and also um, the people had the brains within themselves to be able to do something, right? Yeah, I mean, I... It all started with a friend of mine who told me that she didn't know what she was going to eat the following week. And here's a college uh, graduate who had two jobs, a modest home, and still couldn't make ends meet. And uh, the decision was to grow a garden in a backyard until we Mm -hmm. uh, both found out that there were a lot more people in the same boat. So we figured the best. Uh, solution was to get more land uh, and to uh, grow gardens as a community. Mm-hmm. I remember about a year ago, Don, uh, being in the grocery store, and uh, I'm not a good shopper, I'll tell you. <laughs> I make my list, but I'm not good inside a grocery store. I get lost. But uh, I was so stunned by people that actually walked away from, let's say, meat counters or other situations where they just turned around and said, how am I going to afford it? That was scary. That was very concerning because normally people keep that kind of information private, but they didn't Mm -hmm. mind who heard them. That was concerning. So I think it's great that people start more community gardens to be able to provide another way of eating. So how did you find land or where did you do the, the business? You know, Tell us how you got that started. 
Well, basically, I just looked out my back door, and uh, for 25 years I've lived in this house, raised my two daughters, and there was a field behind us that happens to be in the center of the city. It's hidden, surrounded by houses, and had just always been feral land that uh, nobody really did anything with. And it turned out, Mm -hmm. uh, when I was thinking about this, that it was for sale. So Hmm. uh, uh, multiple conversations and then some uh, real needed help from uh, my mother, who said that, uh, you know, she could help me with the refinancing of my house because I was job insecure as well. So Mm -hmm. you refinance a house and purchased... Uh, about 2.3 acres in the center of our town. And I thought, well, what can be a more perfect location? Um, It was about to be connected to a brand-new boulevard with crosswalks coming into the site. There's a bus Mm -hmm. stop that has three different buses that stop there. And uh, as it turned out, a a new partner, a Methodist church across the street, Trinity United Methodist Church, uh, was serving a meal every third Sunday to uh, people in need, and so wow. we immediate partners. Mm-hmm. And they provided and, uh, volunteers, I guess, or well, they've uh, the, the, their volunteers were focused on uh, serving a meal and uh, putting that together. And what we thought we could bring to the table is some fresh food that we've grown in our mm-hmm. gardens and uh, share that. Uh, that mm-hmm. relationship has since expanded to where we uh, host a market there every Friday afternoon. Uh, oh, how wonderful. During the uh, growing season. That's that's new. Uh, we mm-hmm. did our first year this past year through a grant from the Endeavor Foundation and uh, Arkansas Coalition for Obesity Prevention. Uh, they oh, wonderful. That started. And we added... Uh, Double snap dollars this year, so that was mm-hmm. exciting. And, yes. Uh, and then we also do things like uh, we've hosted a, a seed exchange the past two years, so we're also trying to teach people that you know saving seeds is part of uh, sustainable gardening. And if you contact the Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, Don, uh, talk to Kathy McFarland. She's the media and sales rep. And uh, tell her that you need some seeds, and she'll give you some free seeds. Uh, that'd be so great, because that'd really help our yeah. Grow and Share Everywhere program where we're, we've actually started in our neighborhood a, a community garden at North mm-hmm. Creekside Apartments through a partnership with Specialized Real Estate and the North mm-hmm. Creekside Gaff. And, uh, yeah, Baker uh, Creek Heirloom uh, Seed Company. For sure, yeah, for that, sure. That, They're in Mansfield, we, we, Missouri. And we order from them, too. They've got great seeds, beautiful catalogs. Talk to Kathy McFarland in the marketing. She will help out with any community garden group that wants to start uh, and needs some free seeds. Give them a call. And then the wildfire, wildfire, wildflower seeds would come from Bayer Crop Science. Um, Dr. Becky Langer is the one that if you contact them, and she would do that for any group in the United States, uh, they will send free wildflower seeds, and uh, well, that, that would help exciting. attract bees. Yes. So you've got two companies right there that can help you out with some free seeds. Neat. Sure well, enough. Thank you. 
happy well, to Well, a lot forward. of times the uh, seed companies, and people would want to remember this too, is that if you contact seed companies like at the end of the year, some of these companies, they want to get rid of their old seeds and uh, then get fresh new product or fresh lines or whatever. Who cares if it's a you know certain kind of a tomato variety and it still can grow and still can put something in my salad or spaghetti? Uh, I don't care. Uh, but uh, for them, they want to look like they've got the newest product, you know. But if you contact seed companies at the end of the year and ask them if they've got some seeds that they'll donate, there are a lot of companies in in America that will do that for uh, community garden groups. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what you learn? Everybody learned. listening should be doing that. <laughs> They better be writing it down. <laughs> yeah, aren't you glad you got up today? Well, I'll send you a copy of the show uh, uh, when they uh, process it. I'll send you a copy so you can remember. But, uh, yeah, so so basically what kind of events or other projects do you do with the uh, uh, the farming? Of course, you do agritourism. Uh, what is it that you do uh, as far as, like, any kind of classes to people to help improve their lives or, or be of benefit to them? Uh, you know, I know your focus is uh, – uh, tricycle farms, community through soil. So what is it that you do as far as building up community? Well, you know, we offer uh, donation-based classes. Uh, we we outreach to the experts in our region to come in and set up uh, a variety of different classes, whether it be uh, herb walks to understand what the edibles are that uh, grow freely around us uh, mm-hmm. naturally and uh, we do uh, kitchen apothecary, salve making, uh, uh, no-till farming. We also have uh, Calvin Bay, who, who teaches uh, John Jevons' method of sustainable soil, uh, you know, growing without heavy inputs. Because, you know, I don't want to teach somebody to grow a garden and then have to go down and spend $500 at Lowe's just to have a garden because it's mm-hmm. not the way our grandparents did it. And uh, right. we do it without chemicals because uh, we've got enough residues on our foods. We don't need to add to that uh, mm-hmm. problem. And we also need to protect our pollinators and birds and our mm-hmm. natural ecosystems. So um, we offer a, a, a multitude of classes doing that. And then, of course, uh, volunteer opportunities to come and work with us Get that, uh, you know, that initial fear of the unknown, and to, mm-hmm. you know, find and I think what's innate in everybody is this uh, this need to get your hands in the soil and to uh, grow. Right, and you, you grow empowered. in your soul, your own soil, soul, uh, S-O-U-L, uh, as you're doing that. People don't realize that also calms you down. It also makes you grow internally too. I believe. Well, there's, they've found scientific proof that there's uh, antidepressants in the soil. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, we call it agrarian recreation when we're out there. We're, mm-hmm. we're working, we're sweating, and we're uh, talking and, and sharing community. So it's all uh, very much very good for us. Uh, and then there's tomatoes. So. Mm-hmm. Right, that's right. So go um, go ahead and give us the idea of what you're doing with your fundraising campaign. How is it that you got to this level um, that you're going, hey, you know, we can we can grow. Of course, we need the money and the funds to do that, 
we can grow, and here's what we're wanting to do uh, to make that growth happen. In your campaign, you're yeah. wanting to do uh, what? You wanted to add a farm manager. Tell us what else you wanted to add. You know, we're, uh, we've written a concept paper to Vista uh, to hire five Vista capacity builders so that we can handle uh, our volunteers and our community outreach and collaborations. We have a, uh, you know, since we started, there was three of us, three shovels, and now there's a few hundred of us working Ooh. on this idea, um, <clears throat> and maybe even you can consider thousands paying attention on our Facebook page. So there's mm-hmm. uh, you know, lo- lots of involvement and lots of interactions with our community. Um, and, you know, what it, what, what's happened is, is it, it's just con- continually evolved. You know, last year <laughs> we became a nonprofit, and we hired our first two Arkansas Garden Corps service members. That's a program of AmeriCorps, and uh, the service members work in the gardens, work with volunteers, help to arrange classes and uh, hosts. And uh, so that's given us uh, a lot more capacity. And what we've realized is as we continue to grow, we need uh, people here to, uh, to to manage and to uh, expand this capacity. You know, we've added a, mm-hmm. a program where we're um, uh, rescuing food, uh, mm-hmm. from a grocery store, and we're distributing that food. So what we've done in food recovery is determine that that's just as much a part of our growth as uh, the plants we put in the gardens. Um, 43% of our food nationwide never makes it to the plate, and we right. feel like that, that is a huge amount of food that can be uh, diverted onto plates of people that's not necessarily so picky about uh, the appearance of food. Mm-hmm. Just because um, it looks a little ding, cut it off, and then cut it up and make something with it because it's still great food. It's just not, uh, I guess, deemed appropriate for the shelves of the grocery stores. So, you know, as opposed to sending that to landfills, you know, we want to be involved uh in working with other organizations that have distribution down. Uh, the house that we have now added uh, this past two years ago is our community house where a lot of our classes, our offices, mm-hmm. uh, our kids groups come, and uh, we want to turn parts of that, the kitchen, the uh, garage, and the basement into food storage and food mm-hmm. receiving uh, temporary and work with other organizations that need to land food before that's distributed and our food that we recover, we want to be able to bring in there and process it. With, oh, good. Uh, yeah, yes. And, and you know, the potential is thousands of pounds of food throughout the year and not depending on uh, the seasonal growth of our gardens. Yeah, production kitchens, they cost a, a lot of money, but the flip side is that people have somewhere to go to be able to make, let's say, salsa or other kinds of products that they can make money off of and sell themselves, and that creates jobs. Going back to your mm-hmm. recovery thing, um, there's a group out, uh, there's several groups, but there's one group that comes to my head, and they're around Orange County, Palm Springs area. Um, they go to farms, 
at the end of like each different harvest that they have in a, in a year, and they go out there and recover from the fields. And your 43% is similar to, I think, about 40% from the farms also don't get to the table. And uh, so they're mm-hmm. able to recover a lot of, uh, let's say if it was cantaloupe, and maybe uh, supposedly they didn't take it because it had a little whatever to it. Well, then they go back out there and then pick up those, those cantaloupes. Or pumpkins, you know, pumpkins is a good product mm-hmm. that that happened every so often, uh, depending upon the growing season. So there's also the capability not only in your grocery stores, but also farms, if they will, will allow you. Hey, Mr. Farmer, you can get up all those blueberries. Do you mind if we come uh, with volunteers and come through your field and get the rest of the ones that maybe people could use? Now, not everybody will let you do it because of insurance, I would say, but but uh, that's a real big thing that uh, this group outside of uh, Los Angeles area, uh, what they do, is been very profitable for them. Mary, we've got a wonderful partner in a group called Seeds That Feed, and they are mm-hmm. the gleaners at the farmer's markets. And uh, we have developed a collaboration with them that on our food recovery that they're going to help us distribute because they have – Great. Uh, through the Walmart Foundation, uh, acquired a truck, and they've established mm-hmm. a distribution system. And Great. And if we recover food and prepare it for distribution, they've got that down. So instead of yes. replicating or duplicating, we're going to uh, work together and collaborate. Great. So, you know, part of that is already in place, uh, and we don't have to, you know, reinvent the wheel. We just... Uh, mm-hmm. need to develop the house so it can receive that food and prepare it for that distribution. Uh, we'll oh, and that's also be important. Able to provide, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And we'll also be able to provide a, a service to uh, the Seeds to Feed group that uh, if they need to store food 24 hours, 48 hours before it's distributed, then we want to develop that at the rock mm-hmm. house with, uh, you know, uh, commercial refrigeration, freezers. right. Uh, we've just been given a, a a brand new commercial dehydrator from uh, Mass Architects out of Oklahoma City, and uh, they've been really good to us. Um, so, you know, the development of the Rock House is kind of essential to our fundraising goals, along with the people that we uh, add to that mix to, to make the capacity possible. Great. And you've got education and empowerment programs you're wanting to add, evidently, to teach about what urban agriculture, nutrition, and wellness principles. Uh, are you adding some more teachers, or is it just adding the programs and having the same people teach them? Or? Uh, expand on all of those. Uh, expand mm-hmm. on the teachers, expand on the number of classes, expand on the type of classes. Uh, we've been given mm-hmm. a, an 18 by 32 greenhouse, and we have some uh, – uh, students that are going to be working on uh, hydroponics and aquaponics Great. to show the uh, you know the technology in mm-hmm. farming now. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. so many ways to approach urban agriculture, and we want to develop this site so that every step of the way is an education. And oh, wonderful! Every, every part of, you know while we're developing place and creating place with this farm. You know, developing mm-hmm. it like a, I, you know, I, I like to call it a farm park. But, mm-hmm. you know, that the different methods are easily seen and uh, people can sign up for classes that uh, detail just what we're doing. Or they can just volunteer and come out and work with us. Mm-hmm. 
that's the preferred have method you, because. Have you connected with a college or anything or, or uh, thought about teaching classes via them through you all or something? Well, it, it's kind of a service learning and it's mm-hmm. internships, uh, capstone projects. We have a student doing her doctoral dissertation here. So wow. There's so many opportunities uh, to, to to get involved, and we work with uh, student RSOs, which are you know registered student organizations like mm-hmm. Arkansas Engineers Abroad, which we're involved in a project now that they designed, they mm-hmm. raised the money for, and they're actually doing the build on a water catchment tower that's going to catch 3,300 gallons of water off of our barn. And, wow. Uh, Oh, yeah, and it's up above the gardens, so we're going to uh, gravity feed uh, various gardens with with that project. But the main thing Mm -hmm. is that this this interaction and connection to the students that's been ongoing, and uh, so we're, you know, we're developing, you know, this service learning idea is that the students are getting experiences that they basically cannot get at the university, at least the Mm hands-on. That's right. Variety. And so the students are less than a mile from the farm and uh, have been a huge part in the the volunteer hours. We had 1,655 volunteer opportunities this Mm. year that added to about 9,000 hours worth of volunteer work. Wow. uh, You know, hopefully most or all of those are experiences that are going to be valuable as they move into their, uh, their life. That is awesome. Yeah, that uh, is awesome. It, yeah, it kind of blows it, me away sometimes just how many <clears throat> hours we're going to complete. We've averaged anywhere in the four years we've been in business, uh, twelve to any, anywhere from nine to twelve to fourteen thousand hours with volunteer mm. uh, work, and that you know adds up and adds to our budget as a nonprofit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Federal dollars, they call it, uh, you know, like this year was about $189,000 in social capital. Mm-hmm. And that can help us as we go to uh, the foundations and apply for grants. And then, of course, right. it is a part of our uh, our financial plan. But we do need, and it's very important, that we get community support. And I think mm-hmm. that community support can come from anywhere because I believe we're involved in a food movement that is going on all over our country. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, quite, I tell people frankly, about you know, uh, like the the USDA. They give out different grants up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars for some of these food hubs now. Um, mm-hmm. The in farmers markets and RSF Finance uh, that out there in California, I believe is where it is, and they do five hundred thousand up to I want to say two point five million dollars in uh, different grants and also um, loan funding, and um, escapes my mind. Oh, sl- uh, Slow Money. There's a movement across America. I don't know if they've got something there in Arkansas, but it's called Slow Money, and uh, mm-hmm. they do different kind of loans or grants for people, too, at very low interest rate. It's just a way for people to make money versus going to the bank and making zero or 1% on their money. <laughs> mm-hmm. so and there expanding. are loans out there, too, that you can get. Yep. Uh, K-I-V-A, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that's where the community loans you the money, and uh, yep. you pay it back with low interest. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think those are some uh, 
great ideas, and we've, we're writing several grants right now in the slow season uh, mm-hmm. to help us with this 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 movement. You know, um, another important aspect of our fundraising is our farm manager. Um, it's mm-hmm. actually a particular person, uh, Nikki Hassel, who has been involved with the farm since uh, before it was even a farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, has expertise in hoop house management and pro- propagation, and has worked uh, for several years in this. And we just know that she's going to help us triple our capacity. Uh, wow! Um, <laughs> we're going to increase my capacity to reach out um, and and to manage. I think uh, some of the other developments that are going on in the farm, such as the farm to school market garden. Uh, the pond, the new greenhouse, uh, the bee yard, there's just, and then, of course, the City Chicks program, which has been an idea for a long time. We just want to get it developed. You know, we. And what's the City worked, Chicks about? Well, City Chicks has worked with the city and a food policy council, uh, along with several other great community members, to develop uh, changes to our ordinances to allow for urban agriculture. Which yes. means we could, we, we, it's, you know, our urban agriculture policy meant we could have four chickens, and that was it. And mm-hmm. our contention was four chickens will not feed a family of four. So mm-hmm. we wanted to have more chickens, and we thought it was uh, appropriate. And what we finally ended up getting was from four to 20 chickens, up to three goats, must have two because they're social animals, and uh, up to four beehives. Mm-hmm. And those are now legal in the city of Fayetteville, which I think was a uh, just a Con- yeah. Congratulations uh, to that. Uh, That's well, what a lot you. of people across and America right now are trying to work on is what what are the ordinances? What how do they need to change? <laughs> yeah, what's what's legal? I mean, with with food security, you have to have food sovereignty, which is the mm-hmm. legal right to do certain things, and so it needs to be defined. And that's what we did and worked on for a year, and then passed it. Uh, through, you know, a lot of outreach to the community. And, uh, you know, we want to work with people who are interested in chickens, never had chickens, and uh, we call it our, we call those folks that come in are interested in it chicken tenders. You know, we yeah. want them to come and take care of our chickens and learn how quirky and unique the birds are and how fun they are and uh, teach kids to hold them and, collect the eggs and water and feed and and love those chickens so that uh, oh, cool. they'll love you right back and provide some amazing eggs. You know, we're talking yeah. golden yolk eggs, not those pale yellow yolk <laughs> eggs. That's right. That I love my eggs. <laughs> and, and how is it that people can go to Indiegogo? Evidently, that's what you're doing your crowdfunding campaign on is through Indiegogo. Can you, it's Tricycle for, Farms Community Through Soil. So, okay. Uh, and, so and they just go to the website of Indiegogo, and then they just what put it in a search area, and then uh, that's what they put in? Search and search Tricycle Farms Community Through Soil. Okay. And that'll, that should bring up the project. And, of course, our uh, uh, logo will pop up and say Tricycle Farms with the, the little tricycle there. I mean, you know, that that tricycle is pretty meaningful to us because, you know, we felt like 
that people were raised in grocery stores and didn't really have a connection to food. And, and if you want a real connection to food, you know, you wouldn't just stick somebody on a two-wheeled bicycle. You'd give them an extra wheel and probably give them a shove. You know, this is not necessarily <laughs> a handout. It's just a, a it's just a little push. Mm-hmm. And it, it's up to the individuals and the families. And uh, what we've seen in kids is they just they love this. They mm-hmm. absolutely love grazing in the garden, knowing what the plants are, knowing the health of the soil and knowing details that you would think you these children were too young to learn, but they, they learn it and they learn it quick. And I think that uh, maybe we'll raise uh, uh, a group of new farmers. You know, the, there you go. The S, well, yeah, we've been talking S to you, John Bennett. Yeah, who's a, a co-founder of Tricycle Farms, and they're located in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I'm telling you, this guy has been on fire for the last four years, and he has really made this into a great uh, thing for his his community, for his area, for his state of Arkansas, because in the state of Arkansas, uh, the folks there in uh, tourism uh, acknowledge that he is an agritourism spot. So uh, is what he does is something that maybe you can look and do something near what these folks do. And uh, they're doing a crowdfunding campaign. Go to Indiegogo and uh, look them up uh, for Tricycle Farms. And uh, we appreciate your time today, Don. It's always a thrill and a pleasure to talk to you because you've done so much for so many so many people, and you're so humble about it, and I appreciate all that you've done. It's been my honor, sir, and folks, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up for today. And, Don, I'm going to send you some information as soon as I process out my show here, and uh, then hopefully that can help your group choose some seeds and information. So thank you so very much. You're listening to Community Garden Revolution, and, of course, we're going to hear this on Community Garden Revolution. I'm sorry, Community Garden Show. Uh, coming up for the different radio stations that carry our shows. So we thank you so very much for coming aboard. Have a great Community Garden Day. I'm Mary Huckel. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'll go ahead and send you some information here after they process my show. I appreciate it. It's always a joy. You you, you well, have a great happy holiday for you and your family, and I thank you again for coming aboard today. Thank you, Mary, and, and keep doing what you're doing because that's so important, too. Oh, I thank you. Yeah, we're having a ball. We're, we're sending this to different radio stations, and then uh, seven months out of the year, we're sending a little community garden news thing segment to people. I went ahead and closed it down for the winter because, you know, I know it's important to have to keep the momentum going. Some of the radio stations, they don't see that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, we're yeah. picking it back up in the springtime and doing another seven months, and it, it that's just been a real trip. Uh, it's just been such a joy. So, uh, well, you take care, Guy, and congratulations and good luck to you all, and sure do appreciate all that you're doing. I mean, you're just showing the way to so many folks. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mary. You have a great day. Thank you. You too, sir. Thank uh, you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.